Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm producer Joshua Rowe, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. Be sure to visit robertjmorgan.com where you'll find Rob's blog posts, podcast feed, bookstore, free resources, and more. If you've not already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. Now here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. Hello, everybody. Whatever happens, let's keep soldiering on. This is part two of a study that we began last week of the book of Philippians, chapter 2, beginning with verse 25, the story of a little-known hero named Epaphroditus. So turn with me, if you're able, to grab a Bible. You may be driving or you may be jogging or something, but uh, if you have a Bible nearby, then open it up and we will study together the book of uh, Philippians, chapter 2, beginning with verse 25 the story of Epaphroditus. While you're turning there, I want to recommend my book, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and also the three-volume set of books, Then Sings My Soul on the Classic Hymns of the Faith, all of them being good Christmas gifts for you to give to somebody else. You know that I'm a great lover of not only contemporary Christian music, but especially of the classic hymns, which we must not lose. And we have three volumes of stories about these hymns. It's called Then Sings My Soul, Then Sings My Soul, Book One, Then Sings My Soul, Book Two, and Then Sings My Soul, Book Three. And you can find them wherever books are sold, including at my website, robertjmorgan.com. Well, let's read this passage together, beginning with Philippians chapter 2 and verse 25. The Apostle Paul said, But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you, and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, and he almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him back to you so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help that you yourselves could not give to me. Well, this is a wonderful story about a little-known hero. And it's the little-known heroes that we tend to identify with. There are great heroes like Luther and, and uh, Abraham Lincoln and, and Billy Graham and people that are known for generations afterwards, and, and we love their stories. But it's harder for us to identify with them because very few of us will achieve that kind of fame or that kind of greatness. But the little heroes... Those are the ones we identify with, those people whose names have not been remembered very well, but somehow their story pops up in a paragraph or in a family biography or in some old book that we find and we read about it, and we say, 
What a great example for me. That's the kind of person Epaphroditus was. And Paul uses five different words to describe him. He says, first of all, he is my brother. Now, Paul and Epaphroditus were very different in many ways. Paul was a Jew. We would assume from his name that Epaphroditus was a Gentile. They were from different parts of the country. They had different backgrounds, different but they were brothers together. And it is so wonderful to meet a Christian anywhere in the world and to feel instantly that kinship that comes. And so when we go to church anywhere in the world, even though it's a congregation that we may not be familiar with, or when we meet a believer at any gathering anywhere, we say brother, we say sister, because we are a brotherhood. And then he said that Epaphroditus is my co-worker. We are together doing the same kinds of things for the same purpose. The Lord has called us to work in his kingdom. We may have different gifts, and we may have different roles to do and jobs to perform, but we are both trying to do the work that God has given us to do. And I can't do it without Epaphroditus, and Epaphroditus cannot do it without me. We are co-workers. And then he called Epaphroditus a fellow soldier. And this is where we left off last week, because the Apostle Paul, and really Jesus also and throughout the entire Bible, likens the godly life to a battle. And it is a very difficult thing to be in a battle, as any of, uh, as any of us knows, if we have watched war movies or read stories or memoirs about soldiers who served in war. And some of you who are listening are veterans, and some of you have been in combat, and I admire you and salute you and love you and appreciate you, and we all do. And it's a little hard for us to imagine it until we read and we think and we use our imaginations and we place ourselves in the situations that we are watching or reading about. And then we turn to the Bible and we say, we are all soldiers. We are all airmen. We are all sailors. We are all Marines. We are recruited by the Lord to serve as his troops in his great cause. And when we realize that, we have a way of growing up and facing the spiritual life with renewed seriousness. In his book, The Ship of Miracles, about the evacuation of American Marines during a very critical time of the Korean War, Bert Gilbert quoted an American report about the American troops, and this is what it said. These young men were only a few weeks away from the scenes of their homes, but it seemed like a thousand years. Then most of them had been recruits. Now they were veterans. They had fought their fight, and they knew they would fight again. But it would not be something strange and unknown next time. They had grown up quickly, and now there were heroes among them and others who no longer answered the roll call. Well, it would be good for us if we more frequently thought of ourselves as being in a global cosmic battle against the forces of evil which we cannot see and forces of evil that we can see and forces of evil that we sense even inside of ourselves. We are soldiers of the cross, onward Christian soldiers 
marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. So Epaphroditus is called a brother, a co-worker, a soldier, and then fourthly, he is called a messenger. So let's go back to Philippians 2.25. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. Now, the word messenger here is an odd word for the New International Version to use. I'm not a scholar, and so I can't in interpret or, or explain why they chose to translate the Greek word as messenger. But the actual Greek word is apostolos, from which we get our word apostle. He is your apostle to me. Now, apostle came from the Greek word stello, which meant sent or to send. An apostle was someone who was sent from someone. It wasn't someone who was invited. It was someone who was sent. And in the Latin, the same word is used for missionary. It's exactly the same kind of etymology. When I was a pastor of a church, I was there because I was invited to come and be a pastor. But when a missionary goes out, he is sent by a church or by a group to a place where he may not necessarily be invited or even wanted. And that's the word that was used here, someone who was sent. In the New Testament, there were apostles with a large A, and they were the 12 apostles. But there were other lesser known men who were sent out, and they were called apostles or ambassadors. And that's the word that was used here. Epaphroditus volunteered to be sent on what today we might call a short-term missions trip. The church in Philippi had heard that Paul was ill, uh, or at least that he was uh, under house arrest and, and suffering from his imprisonment, and they wanted to take care of his needs, and so they took up a collection. And the entire church, I'm sure they all wanted to go, all 300 of them or 3,000 of them. We have really no idea the population of Christians in this great city of Philippi at that time. But no doubt all of them had wanted to go, but most of them had families or jobs or physical limitations or financial limitations. But this one man, Epaphroditus, he was able to go. And so he volunteered and he was sent as an apostle for the rest of them. The NIV translates this as messenger. So if we accept that translation, what was his message? Well, it must have been one of encouragement. He was an apostle of encouragement. The Philippians said to him, Now when you get to Rome and you track down Paul, you encourage him. Let him know that we love him and that we're praying for him and we've sent him some money and we're going to continue sending him money and we are praying for his release. And then you give him some scripture and you give him some words of encouragement and take care of him. And they commissioned him to be an apostle of encouragement. We need to be apostles of encouragement. Last week on the podcast episode, I talked about a Sergeant Roddy Edmonds during World War II, who was the ranking American officer at a POW camp. He realized that some of the POWs were on the verge of giving up. Others of them were doing very well, and so he divided the soldiers into two groups, and he said, you who are up, men, I'm going to assign you 
to a down man, one up man to every down man, and in this way, he kept his soldiers alive. So let's be up people. Is there somebody that you can encourage? Think of yourself commissioned by God to be an apostle of encouragement. And let that be your job today. You can do it everywhere you go. Just a smile, a word, a verse, a note, a little gift. So many ways that we can be commissioned as apostles of encouragement. So Epaphroditus, let's see if we can remember them, was a brother. He was a co-worker. He was a soldier. He was an apostle. But finally, Paul referred to him as a minister. Now, we have to look at this a little bit more closely. So let me read it in the New International Version, and then I'll uh, show you something else that I think they might have translated a little bit better. So verse 25, But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger or apostle, whom you sent to take care of my needs. Now, this phrase, you sent to take care of my needs, is a subject, a verb, and a prepositional phrase. But in the Greek, it is a noun, and the word means caregiver. Caregiver. I'm not a good enough scholar to figure out why the NIV converts this to a subject noun and prepositional phrase. The much more literal New American Standard Version puts the verse in a way that helps us see clearly that Paul was using five different words or nouns to describe Epaphroditus. He said, but I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, fellow soldier, your messenger, and your minister to my needs. Now, what is a minister to somebody else's needs? That is a caregiver. They sent Epaphroditus to take care of Paul to meet his needs. But in a twist of events, things were reversed. Epaphras became sick, and Paul ended up becoming his caregiver. Look at verse 25. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, fellow soldier, messenger, caregiver, for he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill. He almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have life, and I may have less anxiety. My wife Katrina, as you may know, had multiple sclerosis for 25 years before she passed away. But very often, someone would refer to me during that time as her caregiver. But I would correct them. I would tell them that we were each other's caregivers. They would say, what's it like to be a caregiver? And I would say, well, the truth is, we are both caregivers for the other. I did some things for her, but she did so much for me. She was the strength and stability of my life. We never know when one of us will become sick or even be imprisoned for the gospel. 
We don't know when we will become a caregiver for somebody who can't take care of themselves because of physical illness or sickness or age or dementia. We don't know when God may call upon us to be the caregiver of a young person who is in some way disabled. And then all of us know people with emotional needs. We all have emotional needs. Well, we are to be one another's caregivers. He went, Epaphroditus did, to be Paul's caregiver. Paul ended up being his caregiver, and they did it together. Well, let's conclude here with verses 29 and 30. Paul said, so then, welcome him in the Lord. In other words, I'm going to send him back to you. I'll send this letter with him. But welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him. Now, there's more to that phrase than meets the eye. Honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help that you yourselves could not give me. Now, remember, the name of this man was Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. The name literally means honored by Aphrodite or Aphrodite, some people say. She was the Greek goddess of love and sex. According um, to the etymology of his name, his parents must have been pagans. They were worshipers of Aphrodite, and they named him for her. And they said he is honored by this little baby of ours, is honored by Aphrodite. And usually that was sort of the meaning of that was this is a very handsome child. This is a very beautiful child. They have been honored by the God of love and sex with a very desirable appearance. And so this was his name. It indicates that he came, that Epaphroditus came from an unsaved or pagan background, but somewhere along the way he had come to faith in Jesus Christ, and now he was a brother, a fellow worker, a soldier of the cross, an ambassador of an encouragement, and a caregiver. So now, instead of being honored by Aphrodite, which was what his name meant, he was to be honored by the Philippians. Do you see the play on words that you can't see it really uh, in the English, but knowing the meaning of the name explains it. The play on words that Paul was using, this was a man whose name meant honored by Aphrodite, and now he was to be honored by the Philippians. And there is a verse that says, give honor to whom honor is due. I've had several occasions in my life when I've been at a banquet or an event that was indicated uh, or was put together in order to honor someone for their lifelong ministry or for some great work. And very often the organizers will come and say, will you explain? We want you to have five minutes uh, early in the program and explain that it's all right to honor someone. Uh, because people sometimes think, well, all of the glory goes to God, and all of the glory does go to God, but the God who receives all of the glory also said to give honor to whom honor is due. And he says, honor men like Epaphroditus, honor men and women like this. And when you find someone who is a living demonstration of the kind of life that Paul described here in Philippians 2, remember that at the beginning of the chapter he describes Christ, and then he describes Timothy, and then he describes Epaphroditus, 
and he says he's a brother, he's a fellow worker, he's a soldier of the cross, he is an ambassador of encouragement, and he is a caregiver to others. When you find a person like that, honor such a person, for their lives are valuable, and they are not afraid to risk them for the sake of Jesus Christ. Well, Paul here is really using Epaphroditus and Timothy and Christ to illustrate the theme of his letter, that we are to put all of our focus on Jesus Christ and have the mind of Christ within us, not looking at our own interests, but also to the interest of others, and standing firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faithfulness of the gospel, in no way being frightened by those who oppose us. So few of us will be great heroes, but with a small H, may many of us be little heroes, soldiers, brothers, ambassadors of encouragement, fellow workers, and caregivers for the kingdom. And may we not be afraid to risk our lives unto death for the cause of Christ. Well, thank you for digging into this paragraph with me last week and this week. If you missed last week's, go back and give it a listen. And please share this podcast with a friend. And remember to check out all of our resources at robertjmorgan.com. This episode was produced by Joshua Rowe and the marketing company Clearly Media. Audio editing by Jared Brummett. Print editing and blog posting by Sherry Anderson and Luke Tyler. Music is by Jordan Davis and Elijah Rowe. Look for the transcript of this podcast, both in outline form and in its extended version, on the blog site of my webpage, robertjmorgan.com, where you'll find many other resources as well. God bless you for listening, and may he be with you and bless you until we meet again.